So Brandon, somebody asked me, because you know, the VBS this last week, Vacation Bible School we did, was called uh, Mystery Island, and uh, so we had almost 300 people, like four nights in a row every night, and about half uh, adults uh, and half kids, and so if you want to know what Mystery Island was, just ask one of our kids, I'll tell you, but the last song that you all did was kind of of an island vibe, Mm -hmm. wasn't it? Kind of an island vibe. Okay, so somebody who was not singing mm-hmm. and, and not clapping, someone who was not clapping asked me and said, well, you know, next week if you could do country line dancing, <laughs> they'd get into that. And I thought, sure. Yeah. You know, or the Macarena or Electric Slide or something. Yeah, okay. Well, go ahead and bump elbows with your neighbor. We need to pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, as we come before you, just some Sundays, that we've just got to lift our heart to you in praise. We've got to thank you, Lord. I thank you for all the kids who came out, how it, how it seemed to build every night, and they were bringing visitors with them, and then parents were coming and getting in contact with our church through the kids. Uh, God, we thank you for that. Thank you for this promotion Sunday for the sixth graders, ingoing sixth graders, moving up into our upper room uh, youth ministry, Lord. Be with them today in the Bible, in the uh, barbecue that they can have and the time they share together with parents and others. And uh, God, I just, I pray you'd be with us as adults, Lord. Uh, the, the children are leading us. Let's make sure we follow hard after you. I thank I think God that we used to know, and, and, and we do know at this church because we've got discipleship, we got mentoring, and we used to know as adults that the key thing any, any person needs, adult and ch- child, is structure. They need structure in their life. You kind of have to tell them what to do. Uh, Lord, somewhere along the way, we lost our minds, and um, it's showing up in our society because we've allowed sometimes some of the youngest kids to, to tell us what to do. Uh, and to take away that structure, and I feel like they shouldn't. They should set their own structure. And Lord, uh, we see the effects on our society. God, this this church becomes a bastion of truth that can be used to view in the lives of so many families out there. God, give us grace to do that very thing. We ask that you'd speak to us today through your Word. For it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated in the Lord's presence. If you have your Bible with you, turn to the book of Ruth there in the Old Testament. And uh, we've had three or four weeks in the first chapter of Ruth in a series that I've called Single-Minded Life. And not that it is just for singles. It is for every single one of us. Uh, but it does speak a lot to people who are singles. And we're you know, taking three or four weeks here in Ruth 1 to do that. And we just started last Sunday also a new series in the School of the Prophets. And by that, I mean the last 12 books of your Old Testament, the uh, Old Testament Minor Prophets. And we're taking them one Sunday at a time. We did Book of Hosea last Sunday, but we're alternating. And so once we get done with the single-minded life and the single focus, then um, I'm going to alternate the School of the Prophets series with adulting in marriage and family because it's been a long time since we've had a marriage conference and some of us need that and so I'm gonna I'm gonna just take marriage and we're gonna lift it on to Sunday mornings we're gonna alternate that with book studies through through the prophets but here in the here in the book of Ruth in the days of judges so about 1300 BC 
This is basically a biblical diary that testifies how a man and his wife leave Bethlehem during a time of famine in the promised land, and they take their two sons seeking better conditions and leave on a midnight train to Moab. Moab was like where Jordan is at today. And so while things go well for a little bit, uh, daddy up and dies, and Naomi is left suddenly single. Uh, But she takes it like a trooper. She keeps on keeping on, and her boys grow up to become men, and they meet and marry two fine Moabite women, and her future looks bright because now she can at least find consolation in her grandkids. But then tragedy strikes again because both her sons die, leaving Ruth and Orpah, her daughters-in-law widowed, and Naomi completely devastated. And after her loss, while she is struggling with pain, Naomi decides to go back home. But today's tale is how she goes back looking different than when she left. Now, I want you to fast forward in our text to verse 19 and listen as it says, So they too, the two of them, Naomi and Ruth, went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, is this Naomi? I mean, her kin can barely recognize her. It's only been 10 years, but those years were not kind to her. And so verse 20, she said unto them, call me not Naomi, which is a name that means pleasant and delightful. And it's associated with kindness and favor and grace. But instead she says, call me Mara a name that means bitter. Why? For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. This is bitter circumstance so bad, it makes her want to change her name. I mean, it's those times you go to when you feel like God is angry with you. So, you know, I I want to give our kids, and I want you to give our kids a strong example and the best example because they will grow up too. And they will grow up to have their bitter times that they've had to go through just like you do. And so here's my thesis for today's study. Our children will one day face what Paul calls the evil day because these days are evil. So we've got to be redeeming the time that we have at this church for your kids because there is no other hope besides you. I mean, there is no other hope besides them hearing the gospel at this church and them seeing you living it out and giving them an example. So the question on the floor today is, what do you do with that kind of bitter experience? What do you do with life trauma? How do you handle PTSD? Now, I'm going to show you, based on this mad woman's diary, how to get from broken back to beautiful, because the Word of God does the work. The Spirit of God answers to the Word. And so there is a way to recapture your joy and rediscover your peace and reclaim your dreams and reestablish your center. If you, want to, if you want to see how, just say, bring it on, Alan. Bring it on. Okay, I'll even take Silence's consent because page one tells you how to insulate yourself against bitterness that you go through in bitter days and how we need to teach our kids to survive evil 
living in evil days. First off, notice, if you will, how that you have to make right decisions, even if they divide your domestic life. I mean, the only way to love your family fully and in faith is to love Jesus more. Love Jesus more than your job. Love Jesus more than yourself. And it may lead to a break because you know God and you follow the Bible and yet they do not. But it will be the best break they can get because now they have a living example of righteousness to go back to. As the Holy Spirit starts dealing with their conscience, he's able to point to you and say, oh yeah, that's right, I can see how this can be done. So Naomi picks up her things, she packs up her belongings, she, she starts traveling home with her two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah. And I want you to watch them now. On the screen of your anointed imagination, they start to leave Moab with their pack on their back when suddenly Naomi does an about face in verse 8. Go back up to verse 8. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that you might find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them and they lift up their voice and wept. She says, I'm going back to the house of bread in the tribe of praise. That's what Judah means. But you girls should not go with me because I can't give you a man, I can't promise you a husband in my promised land, and though it breaks my heart as much as it does yours, I've got to get on and get back to my God and get back to God's people. So she is willing for her domestic life to be divided in order to make the right choice, the right decision, then second, second, on the other hand, it's number two. Your first affection determines whether you make the right decisions. I mean, 1 John 4.19 says that we love him because he first loved us. And because he first loved us, we've got to love him in first place. And if you leave your first love, Revelation 2 verse 4, you will not make right choices. So every breath you take, every move you make, is determined by what you love the most. So whatever you put first in this life, that always becomes your guiding light, even if it leads you into darkness. Hello, somebody. I'm just trying to tell you how to handle past trauma, because our days are evil. And if you want your family to survive their evil day encounter then you better survive yours. Okay, I think I said something, you just missed it. If you want your kids to survive their evil day encounter, you better survive yours. So, so third, this number three, take God's blessing and become a blessing to somebody else. Naomi does not want to be a burden and burden them with her bitter life, but she does want to buttress them, so she blesses them instead. And what she gets in return, she was not expecting, because Ruth turns right around and blesses her back. And I need to hang out there homiletically for a couple of things. How can you grab God's blessing, even in the midst of your own bitter experience, and then turn around and bless somebody else? Nobody who nobody thinks that they can do that. Nobody who goes through that type of trauma believes that they're up to that. 
But first, this letter A, do not burden anybody else with what made you bitter. Okay, wait, now hold it. Some people think that you're not their friend if you do not get mad about what they got mad about. Now, if they're sitting next to you, just keep looking straight up at me. They'll never know you're thinking about them. I don't know if you've ever faced that kind of curtain call in somebody else's drama. But they want to add your name to the end of the credits at the end of their ordeal. So they want you to take personal what they take personal. They want you offended at what they got offended by. And they feel like if you don't get offended and Ted, then you're not taking up for them. And you're not loyal and you're not backing them up. Well, Naomi's ordeal was bitter. But at least she has enough affection for God in her and enough memory of his blessing that she doesn't want others to be burdened with that bitterness of hers. It was not part of her Facebook feed. So how do you move from mad to glad and be a blessing in your bitter time? Well, look at verse 15. And Naomi said to Ruth, Behold, thy sister-in-law Orpah is gone back unto her people. And unto her gods, return thou after thy sister-in-law. This is letter B. Be willing to let some people make their own choice and go their own way. I mean, they are either the right person or the wrong person, depending on how you look at it. So can I say a word to the teens? I mean, especially to any of our singles, but can I say a word to the teens today? Okay, I'm going to anyway. They are the wrong people for you, so they're the right people to let go. They're the right people to get rid of because they're the wrong people for you to have around. Okay, do not keep somebody in your front row who does not want to edify you in the evil day. And they're supporting you in getting deeper into darkness. They do not want to bless you. They don't want to help you serve God with them. They don't want you to lead you back to the bread of the Bible with them. Okay, look, the offering box is on the wall there, and we've got another one in the lobby, because I know that right now you're thinking, man, I wish I'd have put some money in that offering. I I wish I had put some money in the places it came by. It's really good today. I mean, I'm going to have to think about going online and dropping some money in. Uh, You know, we never, I, I talk about ministry all the time. We do not talk about money all the time. But you can't do ministry without money, right? And all it is is money. I mean, all it is is money. That is why we spent, I don't know how much we dropped. I'm sure we dropped seven grand if we dropped a penny on VBS this last week because it's only money and all all God asks you to do, so so all I ask you to do is just tithe. Just take 10% off the top, infinitesimally small amount. Nobody ever went bankrupt for 10%. But God says it's got to be the first fruits. Make, make him the first bill that you pay so that God's work can get done and then everything's taken care of. You know, we'll have a week, not this next week, but week after this. So today is like your last day to sign up for our all-church retreat. And uh, it costs us $200 for every person. And this is only for uh, four days, three nights, and nine meals. Even though you eat more than $200 in that nine meals, because I've seen some of you, but they only charge us 200 so that's what we pay. And that doesn't count the speakers. That doesn't count, you know, all the other uh, accoutrement that goes along with that. But all of your kids go free because I want them there with the adults. But that means I want the adults there because I want us to have an old church retreat. And wh- how come we're able to pay 
um, I, you know, we'll pay 20 grand probably to get all the kids to all church retreat with us. Well, we're able to do that because you tithe. Um, you know, I like, I like tithing. It's a flat tax. And what that means is if you tithe, you have as much stake in what God is doing through this church as anyone else in here. And all you got to do is tithe. Orpah goes back to her people and their religion, but Ruth says, I want your God, so I want to bless you. And whatever God has for me, he better have it over there in your land because I am by your side and on your side to follow your God. Orpah says, look, I heard you, big mama. Just like some of you today are saying, look, I heard you, big, big, big papa. I heard you, big pastor. And you know, I love you. But I'm like Destiny's child. I need a soldier. So I'm going to send you a card from Moab. Now you take care of yourself. Naomi lets her go. But the important thing is that Ruth lets Orpah go and did not go with her. Ruth chooses to move on. Wait, hold it. Here, I am going to give your cheat for the Sunday. This is your Sunday cheat. Okay, this is your cheat cheat week on Sunday. I'm going to give you this. You know, I need, I need to start doing this every Sunday. Just give you Sunday cheat. I, you know, there was a, a Buddhist one time, and he's like, okay, you know, in Buddhism, uh, here's, here, here's how we get you well. Here's how it's done. There's this energy, and everything's an energy force, and we teach you about that, and these meridians, and there's chi, and there's chai, and you drink the tea and spill the tea and, and do some yoga, and it's breathing, and, uh, and okay. Well, you know, um, in Christianity, <laughs> you know, I happen to be a Baptist pastor, and in Christianity, it's like we know the God who created us in all of this. And, you know, and I understand in Buddhism you're cool with evolution. Uh, and evolution is the thing that cuts the heart out of anybody looking to God because then there's not a God who created things. But, no, we kind of know the God who created you and everything around us. And, you know, uh, he's revealed himself in his word in the Bible, in the scriptures, and Jesus came and died for your sins. And, you know, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes inside you, and he's like, yeah, you cheat. Well, okay. Uh, let me give you your cheat for today. If you want to get out of trauma, if you want to process your trauma, here's how you do it from the word of God. You need to move on like Ruth did to seek, to find, and to follow the Lord. Now, I'm not telling you to stop, take your medication, okay? But seek, find, and follow the Lord, and then you decide whether you need to keep your appointment or not. Because I'm just saying, that will fix it. Because Jesus says, nobody who ever sought didn't find. So we know that's going to happen. All you have to do to find is keep seeking. And once you've found, then start following. And that will get you out. And that will bring you back. So Ruth chooses to do that. And at least she's got enough sense to declare herself by declaring her allegiance to the Lord in verses 16 and 17. And you've been standing at the crossroads long enough. You need your verse 16 and 17 experience today. Ruth says, I know it's been bitter, Naomi. I know you, we've been hurt. I can see it in your eyes. 
but I'm going with you because I want your God. And whatever blessing I get there, I'm going to use to bless you. So can I just say a word to the singles? Can I say a word to the singles right now? Okay, I'm going to anyway. There are some things worse in life than being by yourself. I mean, don't get it twisted uh, and don't get led away from God because here's our first point for study. If you get led away from God, you may get what you want in the moment, but you miss what you need for eternity. Hello, somebody. Why? Because you miss what you need at the judgment seat of Christ. You get something temporary and you miss what God has for you in life. And I wish I just had 23 people in here would say, you know, I'd rather have Jesus than a ring. I'd rather have Jesus than a relationship. I'd walk away from my family reunion before I would walk away from God. I don't need no fool. I need God. See, I'm not reading today from the book of Orpah. She got a Moabite man, but we have not heard from her in 33 centuries since. I'm talking to you about the book of Ruth. And Ruth stays celibate for a season, and she handles her hormonal tendencies for a time. And I mean, you know, if it isn't time for you to have a spouse yet, then work on your faith while you wait on God's future. Now, can I just say something from a pastoral perspective? Personally, from a pastoral perspective? Okay, I'm going to anyway. Some of you singles don't need anybody else because you're crazy all by yourself. <laughs> I said it, I meant it, and I'm here to represent it. You just need to touch the person next to you and say, you know you're crazy. No, wait, you need to turn to the other one because they're even crazier in that one. You're talking about wanting your Boaz or wanting your Ruth, but you ain't ready. You know you're not ready because you are not waiting on the Lord. You are not seeking so you can find and then follow the Lord. And, and there are three more chapters about Ruth. We don't hear about Orpah ever again. She loses her identity in some no-God-knowing, no-God-fearing, good-looking Moabite man. And she's feeling good, but she loses her faith. Her feet are warm at night, but she's not, she's, she's not who she was when she was back in Moab. She's with Naomi now, and, you know, Moabites don't want to pray, and Moabites don't want to praise, and Moabites don't want to serve children and, you know, take four nights out of their week and work with kids at a VBS. Moabites want to make money, take vacations, and watch 4K UHD TV. Moabites talk a good game, but then they in the house all day long on the PlayStation while you at work. I know he's got a great smile and all his teeth. All his teeth and one of them gold, but he is a Moabite. I know she is as fine as wine in the summertime, but she is a Moabite. Uh, and I don't care if you do go to harvest, there's some Moabites up in here. So you need more than a man or woman with church affiliation. You need a relationship with someone who seeks, finds, and follows God. They know God's word. They understand being a disciple. So they have faith in their faith-based view of the Bible. They are a believer in belief. And when they believe the Bible, the Spirit answers to the word in their life. You need somebody who honestly loves God and does not just use God to try and get what they want out of you. 
So how do you overcome evil in your evil day? How do you process trauma? How do you get over PTSD? Make right decisions, even if they divide your domestic life. Put the right love first so that you can make right choices. Take God's blessing and start blessing somebody else because in the final analysis, number four, it is in your ministry of blessing others that you will leave behind your bitter experiences. And I just gave you the answer. Alan, how can I forgive and move on? How can I eventually get over what I went through. It's not complicated. Follow through on your discipleship. Stay grounded in worship. Stay grounded in the Word. Stay grounded in this church and get stable by being grounded in ministries with us. You've been in Moab so long, you've done gained 20 pounds. Last time you spent the, the night in Moab mentally, you had to drink three glasses of Chardonnay just to get calm. On top of those two Prozac. See, at some, at some point, you need to write your own verse 16, and you need to put your own name in verse 17. Now, I, I understand, you, you know what that meant for a sister like Ruth? It meant she was saying, look, don't call me no more. I'm going to file a police report for harassment. Don't call my mama house. Don't text my cousin and them. Do not talk to my friends about me. Don't come by my work. Bye-bye, baby, Goodbye. I, I can love you, but why begin it? Because there ain't no future in it. So you can move beyond your bitterness. Today is your Sunday to renew your consecration, get back on track with God. So, so just like Abraham, Ruth prefers the uncertainty of a walk with God by faith from the certainty and over the certainty of a destructive past without God. So she cuts some people loose to get down to her consecration, being transferred from doctrine into practice. And verse 18 says, verse 18 says, when Naomi saw that Ruth was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. She left off. She stopped. And one of the things I realized when I kept reading this passage in verse 19 is that it doesn't matter what time, it doesn't matter what culture, it does not matter what location, Lakeisha is right there. Lakeisha is right there in verse 19 with her Louis Vuitton Bible cover and matching cigarette case. Verse 19, so they two went until they came to Bethlehem and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them and Lakeisha said, is this Naomi? What's she doing back here? And then Shanice says, you know, I heard her man die, didn't leave her no money. Girl, the only one who had any sense in that crew was Orpah. She done already hooked up with Redbone. So I ain't saying she no gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke. So I don't know what's up with that Ruth. I mean, she just hanging on her mother-in-law, come back to be a sharecropper, so she can't get nobody. Verse 21, Naomi says, I went out full and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me, Naomi, saying, The Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? Because at this point in the story, Naomi is a picture in Bible type of Israel in apostasy in the book of Judges and in the coming tribulation. But now wait, because that means she is also a picture of Christianity in these latter times, the last days of this church age in apostasy before the rapture of the church. We left our house of bread in a King James Bible 
and we serve the idols of Moabite translators. Hello, somebody. So don't call me pleasant because the truth is more bitter. My life wasn't supposed to work out like this. I'm going to change my name. Because you all know that if I don't have no more kids, then my kids won't have any kids. And the Hebrew inheritance in this promised land will not get passed on, although it's promised. So I don't know about you, but I need Sunday every week. I need Sunday every week because church is my drug. It is the only thing that will take the edge off. I need my hit on Sunday. I need my cheat on Sunday. Naomi says, I love God, but I'm lonely. I'd tithe, but my credit is jacked. I know this is holy ground with heavenly promises, but it's a bitter time. I mean, I look at the other women in Bethlehem, and they ain't no better than me, but they got better than me. Is there a Naomi in the house today? It's our second point for study. You cannot control what happens to you, but you can control what happens in you because of what happened to you. And that is my word of deliverance for you. Today is the day you can get your smile back. Today is the day you recover your sanity. Today is the day you get secure. Your life is too short for what happens on the outside to control you on the inside so that you do not turn to Christ, follow God, and walk in the Spirit. Verse 22, so Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. Now, if you're here and you're not asleep, I know just what you're saying. Alan, I don't know who told you my business today, but since since you're up in my business, help me handle my business. Don't let me leave here till you show me from my Bible how to move on past my trauma and my hurt. I'd be glad to help you out. Just turn the page again and we're done. Back up to verse 16. Verse 16. I'm going to preach the whole rest of this book to you out of verse 16. Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee for whither thou goest I will go whether thou lodgest I will lodge thy people shall be my people and thy God my God break that verse into four parts and flip it and you got the Holy Ghost's outline of this book so these four chapters give you four steps to righteous relationships now watch this watch because this is how to rewrite your diary first letter a renounce who and what you are relying on now and put your complete trust in god In chapter 1, Ruth is renouncing her gods for Naomi's God. So Naomi is hanging with her crew back in Bethlehem. But now there's a third main character they encounter in chapter 2. She meets her brother's cousin named Boaz. Look at verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a man of mighty wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. Naomi's too old for him, so she gives Ruth some instruction. This is letter B. Renounce who you are running with now and start hanging with God's people. That's chapter 2. I mean, in chapter 2, Ruth is reaping, not with her people, but with Naomi's. And at that moment, Boaz walks through the field because it's barley harvest. And he sees her over on the side with some of the poor people of the land. And they're all getting their gleanings on because his reapers had already passed by. And that was God's social safety net in Israel. And Boaz sees Ruth and she is so fine he starts speaking in tongues. 
I mean, I mean, she is Marilyn Monroe and Gina Lola Brigida and Raquel Welch rolled in one. I mean, she is Wonder Woman and Catwoman and Supergirl. And verse 5, so then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, whose damsel is this? She's so fine, girl, got to be dating somebody. And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, it is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. Man, you don't want her. She may be pretty, but she po. I mean, she, not got, she is not your kin and not your kind. She, she doesn't have the same background. She is from Moab. And Boaz thinks, yeah, but she's here. I mean, I don't know. I don't care where she's from. I, I see where she's come. And I know she may be poor, but I see she's out serving Naomi. Now that is a virtuous woman. So when he meets her in verse 12, he says, The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel. Little did he know God was going to answer that prayer through him, but under whose wings thou art come to trust. So in chapter 3, she's not lodging in Moab. She's resting with Boaz. And that's letter C, leave the old world behind and start living for the Lord. What attracts Boaz to Ruth is her ministry of service to Naomi. He sees how she works in ministry and how she works. And that ethic was attractive to him. So he's thinking, look, if I had her working with me and not just working for me, well, that would be a great thing. Finally, letter D, start getting ready now to be reunited with your Redeemer. Look at how she handles her emotions every single chapter. This is the structure that you need. Chapter 1, she handles her grief by making a choice. Right choice. Chapter 2, she deals with her loneliness by getting a job, staying busy. Chapter 3, she reclaims fellowship by staking a claim with her fellow who is in the, in the same field of ministry with her. And chapter 4, she rejoices after she gets married. I mean, isn't the Bible good? All the time. And look at what it gives us. First, you choose to get over your grief, and nobody can do that for you. No one else can do that for you. Second, loneliness cannot assault you as long as you stay busy. Third, if you want friends, then go out and serve in ministry. And fourth, after you get married, be happy, not complaining, not critical, not contentious. Now turn to chapter 4, and and we're done. Ruth chapter 4, make your choice to trust Jesus and be born again. That is what makes you a Christian. You will still be sad sometimes, but you can handle grief in him. And then God gives us a job to do for him, a ministry to fulfill, And it is the choices we make and the behaviors we have by which we stake our claim on Christ. Now, that's simply Philippians 3.10. It's simply what Paul says. I want to know Christ. I want to know him through the fellowship of his sufferings. I want to serve. I want to sacrifice. That is how I get fellowship with my Boaz. And eventually we are wedded to him after he comes back to remove us. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 2. Here in chapter 4, verse 13, So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. 
So Boaz and Ruth have a child, but the women congratulate Naomi because God has not left Naomi without a kinsman to redeem her. So Ruth has the baby, but they say Naomi has a redeemer and this kinsman is going to be famous for rescuing her husband's line. Verse 17, and the women, her neighbors gave it a name saying there is a son born to Naomi and they called his name Obed because that means serving. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. My time is up. I thank you for yours. I came today. I came today with an assignment. I want to issue an invitation. Anybody who needs to give God an opportunity to work on your heart so he can work on your life, I issue you an invitation today. I invite you to give God a chance to use the bitterness that has accumulated in the past and not just remove it. Every head bowed, every eye closed, every Christian pray. There is something in all of us that needs to be fixed. And except for the grace of God, we cannot fix our own faults. I mean, good luck with that. And I'm not saying that the devil, I'm not saying that the devil may not raise up off of you to make you think you can fix your own faults. But that's exactly all it will be. They won't be fixed. You got to get with God. Maybe you need to come to the front this morning. Either come now, come as we're singing, come as soon as we get done. I mean, you can't you can't game God. You got to come straight up. You got to come, Ruth 1, verses 16 and 17. Will you simply believe on Jesus for everlasting life today? Maybe you came here as a visitor and the Bible sounds kind of strange to you, but it's still God's word for you. And if you want to be saved right now and promised eternal life with a promised land to go to, life after death, you know, all you got to do is pray. And claim it and accept it and believe it and receive it from Christ. That is all you've got to do. He's done all the work. It is a finished work on the cross. There's nothing you can add. All you have to do is ask your heart to God, knowing that he hears. I mean, all you've got to do is pray and say, God, save me today for Jesus' sake. I trust Jesus today for everlasting life. I believe, I receive. Here, Jesus, I give you my life. Go ahead and stand, if you would, as the praise team gets ready to sing us out singing. If you prayed and you trusted Jesus today, come up and let us know. I want to give you a copy of my book on next steps for new believers. Maybe you want to come up and talk about joining the church. Maybe you want to come up and talk about being baptized. Maybe you just need prayer. If you want to be prayed over, prayed with, or prayed for, come up. We got personal workers here at the front. Just love to get with you and do that. Next Sunday, our second session in the School of the Prophets, Joel shows us a a blood moon rising in the book of Joel. Be here and bring somebody with you so they can get the gospel just like you do. Praise team, send us out singing.